0: Listener supported, WNYC Studios.
1: From NewSounds.org and the studios of WNYC here in New York, this is Soundcheck, our series of live performances and interviews. I'm John Schaefer. The rock band Sprints comes to us from Dublin, where they've been making a name for themselves as a take-no-prisoners live band while releasing a couple of well-received EPs. Now, the band is about to release their first full-length album, in addition to setting up their first U.S. tour in the spring. The album will be called Letter to Self, and behind the roaring guitars, lie some pretty inward looking lyrics. Here is Sprints playing live in our studio with a song called Adore, Adore, Adore. Songs called "Adore, Adore, Adore." That is the Dublin band Sprints live here in our studio. forthcoming album called "Letter to Self," and I'll introduce you to the members of the band: Carla Chubb singing and playing guitar, Calm O'Reilly also playing guitar, Sam McCann playing the bass. You heard him singing a bit too, and Jack Callan behind our drum kit, and uh, Carla. Uh, it, it didn't occur to me uh, until hearing you sing that song live. But, you know, there's the line about, you never called me beautiful, you called me insane. And in the song Ticking, there's a line about cutting off all my hair. And I, I, I for some reason, I'm just getting a mental image of Sinead O'Connor. And it's <laughs> nothing to do with, you know, the Irish thing. It's just like a woman in rock who was kind of misunderstood. And uh, is there any kind of shadow being cast by her here?
2: Um, it's funny because Simon actually from the label City Slang said the same thing as well um, after Sinead O'Connor passed. He was like, now that I listen to the album I hear so much of her in it. And I think like subconsciously Sinead is probably like permeated through all Irish music. Um, yeah. I think she was a really misunderstood voice at the time. But I think she we spoke about a lot of similar things and you're dead on when you said about women in rock in particular. I think it's just about that idea of like having to fit in a box and if you don't conf- if you don't fit the idea of what they think you are you're kind of forced to shift and shape shift yourself and almost gives you gives you an identity crisis and you don't really know who you are what you should look like what you should do Um, so yeah i think there's definitely a correlation there in terms of themes
1: now is so is that at the heart of of this record letter to self
2: i think letter to self um is was entirely like a cathartic record for us Um, It's definitely quite confessional, autobiographical and looking at things that have happened in our lives and just looking at the issues that have impacted us, impacted our friends, our city. Um, But yeah, it deals a lot with identity, a lot with acceptance. Um, And I think identity and acceptance and self-acceptance come in a lot of forms. For me, it might be my sexuality, my physical appearance, my position in a genre that's particularly male-dominated. And for other people, identity can mean anything. So it's all just about kind of figuring out who you are and accepting yourself for the flaws and for the the better parts
1: yeah and and so in writing these songs do the lyrics come first
2: um i think 90 percent of the time the lyrics i think it's it's always i find myself quite inspired by words and lines so i think that's often where a lot of my ideation comes from i might read like a sentence in a book or a poem or or someone might even say something and my head will kind of just spiral but in the best way it'll I, I it's kind of hard to explain, but it'll just kind of like click under in my head and be like, yeah. oh, I've interpreted it this way, and it allows you to kind of just free flow into creativity. Um, and I think that the words came first for most of the songs on the album. Things like ticking, which are definitely structurally a little bit more purposeful and anxiety inducing, I think.
0: Hell I don't-
2: a lot of time together, making sure that those were portraying the emotion we wanted, but words, I think, are probably my most important.
1: Well, and you used an important word earlier, and that is cathartic, And, and, you know, so... Rock has been full of bands since the Velvet Underground and the Pixies, who have the play of soft and loud, or maybe in your case, loud and much louder. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> um, and and that sound is, a, you know, it, it is a, a sound when the when the guitars come bursting in. Mm. It that's what it feels like T- to me as a listener. I, I, I assume for you playing it as well.
2: Yeah. Think like what well, like, well, like like the biggest inspiration in terms of guitar music for us will be people like Pixies and Gillaband.
1: Yeah, stuff. like my bloody Valentine, that kind
2: of wall of where it sounds the, like ten guitars w- is playing at the same. Yes, time.
1: Yes, the wall of sound kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, Not the Phil Spector, but yes, my bloody Valentine. Yeah,
2: yeah. We don't do synths or anything, so we
1: can focus on right <laughs> Um And, and column was this? I mean, did you have this sound from the beginning of the band, or is this something that? You all had to develop. I think the noise side has definitely been developed over the years. <laughs> it's gotten a lot more uh, kind of playing on that and kind of creating atmospheres as well, like in just, you know, a feeling through that kind of tension. Yeah. On your Bandcamp page, you're described as garage noise from Dublin, Ireland. Uh, I, you know, th- there is obviously distortion. There's noise. Garage, I, I, I take that to mean like really stripped down, bare bones rock, you know, like th- the Trogs from the 60s, you know, wild thing. But th- some of these arrangements on this album, they're fairly nuanced. And, you know, there's there's like a lot of interesting layers of interplay between the guitars and, and the multiple voices on this record, too.
2: Yeah, I think the Garage probably came from like the O.C.'s is a big... Reference in John Dwyer's guitar playing. I think for me and Colin, we've seen them live a couple of times and they're just amazing. Um, I think you can kind of hear it in probably things like Literary Mind and some more of the singles. It's like definitely more stripped back. I think particularly for me, it's like stepping back my guitar or the vocal at points and letting the instruments kind of do the communication, which I think we've done in some of the newer ones, especially... Um, it kind of, you lay the music to provide the anxiety as opposed to my voice just always shouting and at you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're not always shouting. Um, one of my favorite tracks on the record is, is the, the one you're going to do next called Up and Comer. And just the line, you know, they say she's good for an up and comer. Mm. It's like this, this song has this curious mix of this sort of almost deadpan delivery. Yeah. And then this explosive emotion. Precisely when you say, when the guitars come roaring in.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, that's probably definitely like the m- most honest reflection of all of our dry, sarcastic humor. We tend to take the piss fairly regularly. And <laughs> it's kind of like if you're in this industry, you can let yourself be like weighed down and let the comments and whatever affect you, or you can kind of like wink and nod and smile and, and play to it. And if they want like... That's the whole point of it. I want to be an up and comer. We want to be an up and coming band. But when does the up and coming stop? And when can I just
1: when can you just be, be arrived? <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, the band is Sprints, and uh, they are here in our New York studio. Let's hear another live performance. This song is called Up and Comer. <laughs>
0: All just riding right to net I'll wear a smile that gets a runner Your despise but you are say she's good for I say she's good for, I, say she's good for I swim the seas
2: between paranoia
0: and disbelief I reach the surface but the air is hard to breathe i wear a smile that gets a runner you're despising a badge of honour say she's good for an up-and-comer you say she's good for an up-and-comer Where you smile like it's a runner You're despising a badge of honour say she's good for
1: Up and Comer is the name of the song. Live performance by Sprints here in our studio. Uh, Sam was talking before, uh, Carla, about not having synthesizers in the band, which doesn't mean you don't have some unusual sounds. And at a couple of points in that song, you actually play your guitar wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the strings up above the neck on the headstock yeah. of, of the instrument. When, when you're doing... Stuff like that. I mean, are you just finding these sounds that in, in the moment or because I, I didn't hear that. I'm sure it's on the record, but I didn't, I, it didn't sort of stand out the way it does in live performance. Yeah, I think
2: you can hear it quite like like quite well live. Um, mm. But it was definitely like one of those things in the studio where I think we had the song down and we wanted something to give a little bit more like anxiety or like panic <laughs> kind of. We love to have like anxiety <laughs> inducing sounds and there's a few of them even with Sam's bass, Columns' guitar, and even, like, Jack's drums as well, like, where we, like, play cymbals on the snare or we, like, play the guitar wrong or plug, like, six pedals in just for this one little scream kind of under it all. Yeah. It's just to add that little bit of depth, Um, I think, to the sound and to build it out a little bit more.
1: Well, and Ticking, the the, the song that will be the lead track on the new record called yeah. Letter to Self, you know, uh, Jack's got this kind of... It's almost like a heartbeat, but it, it, it sounds like it's echoplexed or something, so it's... Mm. It's like a heartbeat that's all wrong. It's like a heartbeat
2: in an empty, quiet room or
1: hall or something. <laughs> <No>. It's <laughs> terrifying. Colm, where did the name for the band come from? Sprints?
0: Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's a tricky
1: question. <laughs> Gee, it seemed so simple when I asked it. I think we had went through a lot of names. Yeah, the, um, it wasn't just straightforward. Like, oh, yeah, this is the one. It's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that we went one just. A lot stuck. Of stuff.
0: It, <laughs> was, it was one of <laughs> many. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, everything else fell together quite naturally and easily. The name was the one we were stuck on for ages, and we'd road test some of them with our friends, and they'd be like, no. Yeah, it sounds okay, <laughs> and then a week later they say to someone privately, that's the worst name I've ever heard. <laughs> and people like, same. Say it out uh, loud next time so we don't stick with it for four weeks. That's the hardest part, isn't it? I think that's the hardest part of any yeah. band. You always want something that someone said, the best band names are uh, one word, one syllable, usually short.
0: Yeah, But it's also yeah. funny how we came up with the name and it suits us so well. Like we weren't like, oh, we'll call ourselves Sprints because seeing us is like having a sprint or whatever.
1: It just kind of was a coincidence. I think. Yeah, just,
2: yeah, I think we actually like evolved to fit the name better. <laughs> yeah. We kind of grew into the name ourselves. So was
1: yeah. yeah, so so. a headlong rush of of <laughs> sound <laughs> yeah. kind of suits a band yeah. named Sprints. Carly, you've mentioned anxiety a couple of times. And, you know, I mean, early punk, there was lots of alienation. There wasn't so much of the, the next step, the kind of acceptance and... You know, of of oneself or of others, and it, you know that's something that punk has sort of grown into. You know, uh, you could draw a line, I guess, from Minor Threat, circa 1980, to Idols today. Yeah. Do do you see what you're doing as kind of a an extension of that trend?
2: Yeah, I think like the punk reference for us probably comes from things like Minor Threat, Fugazi, and definitely some of the more gothic punk space, like the early Bauhaus, Susan the Banshees. Yeah. Yeah. I think punk was a label that fit us. And I think it was given to us because we, we did write kind of politically and socioeconomically and kind of very much like topical mm-hmm. um, themes for the first couple of EPs. And sound-wise, I think it's been a reference for the guitarist, probably mm. a good bit. um, And the vocal delivery as well, I think. um, That's when I grew into that kind of Sprachgesang, <laughs> like talk-sing. Yeah. Area that was definitely the the punk influence and, and David Byrne, um. So yeah.
1: so punk and David Byrne, but not Arnold Schoenberg who invented <laughs> sprechgesang. Is that is
2: that who it is? I just <laughs> I, I learned the first yeah. sprechgesang somewhere online? Uh, yeah,
1: speech song. He he invented song, that yeah. in a in a in the earliest days of the twentieth century. Yeah, when he was creating twelve tone music. Yeah, I think it was Dave, <laughs>
2: when I when we when I got into Talking Heads and saw David Byrne. Um, do that kind of spoken versus sign choruses, yeah. yeah, it just kind of fit, allowed us to communicate better, but um yeah, I think we're definitely an extension of the more modern kind of punk
1: influences
2: yeah I think, yeah, it's I don't know, you kind of get given a label sometimes
0: and it's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> cool,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um now, there's a song on the album called Cathedral which is sort of a an exploration of homophobia. And, you know, uh, Carly, you were talking about your own sexual identity. Sam, you have the rainbow guitar strap on. I mean, would a band like this have been possible in Ireland, say, 30 years ago?
2: Uh, we just we mentioned Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and how'd that impossible? work out for her? Like, it definitely existed. Like, there was, I think... Like Ireland has come on leaps and bounds in terms of equality. Um, the marriage referendum, the repeal referendum. Obviously there is a the very real fact that like homosexuality was illegal um until like the early nineties. So it is more that idea of despite us making all this cultural change it's like shifting your own mindset of, I never thought I could get married or have a family or live this life, and then uh, those rights are given to you. So how do you rewire your brain to, to think, okay, no, this is possible, because you spent your whole like s- school years and teenage years thinking it's not, and that there's something wrong with you, essentially. Um, so I think it's, yeah, like that was my story for Cathedral, and for other people, it, it could be many other kind of identifying issues.
0: Mother, father, I'm sorry to say my disposition lives another day. You're not gonna be happy, Are any of us happy. Maybe I'm living, with eyes closed shut. Maybe I'm giving, maybe not enough. Maybe that's the beauty, maybe that's the pain.
1: When when things like that happen, when the society moves like that, um, is it harder to write angry, <laughs> angst-ridden songs? I mean, you can always find something to be angry about, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will anyway.
2: <laughs> uh, no, I, I, and this I think anger like isn't necessarily always a, a negative emotion.
1: Absolutely. And
2: I think like exactly like you just said, it's like okay, well. That's kind of I think the problem with the world, with any kind of like racial issues or like societal issues. It's like, okay, well we, we gave you the right to marry, so what are you giving out about now? And it's like it doesn't <laughs> make right. up for the the years mm-hmm. of kind of emotional um impact from that. Um it's kinda like you you put a band on the problem but the wound still has to heal underneath it, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um so that's what we mean by cathartic, is just writing your stories and I guess just processing everything that's going on inside your head.
1: Now the danger with that is you become tiresome. Everything is just screed, but you have there, there's a kind of a subversive humor running through a, a lot of a lot of the music. And the the song you're going to do next called "Literary Mind." I mean, she's got a literary mind and a literary look. It's just a, <laughs> I mean, it's not like a laugh out loud, ha ha line, but it's it's the kind of line that I just can't help grinning at, you know. Uh, the song, it's almost like a, a patter song, you know, literary mind, literary look, literary hand, and it's literally shook. Yeah. Is that the line? Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, shook was just from that, there's like an Irish slang word for when you're shook, Is like when you're like, ugh. Like, uh, <laughs> kind of like scared or like, what, we use it when we're like hungover, you're full of fear from the night before. Um, yeah, but uh, it, is, it is supposed to be, because that's like, like the chorus is actually me taking a, a jab at myself. Hm. Because um, the whole thing is about like falling in love and accepting that and um, then it's kind of like like me going like stadia though, like about myself in the <laughs> chorus. Um, So it's just me taking a stab at like all the kind of cliches I hit in terms of female musician in a band, makes loads of noise, shouts, writes angry songs, Look <laughs> yeah. What a right. box ticker you are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hear uh, a performance of the song. Literary Mind is the name of it. The forthcoming album out on January 5th is called Letter to Self. It'll be the debut LP by the band. Here they are live in the studio. This is Sprints. Literary Mind is the name of the song. Once again, the band Sprints, live here in the studio. Carla, uh, do you do anything to take care of your voice? If you, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, bands that go out and do, like, black metal and stuff and do all that, you know, those people, take they take exceptionally good care of their voice to be able to do what they do. And if, you, if you're going to be out there screaming every night, <laughs> what do you do for your for your instrument.
2: Uh yeah, I'm definitely getting better at it. I think it's um being obviously no smoking ever. Um and I think lots of water, definitely warm-ups and warm-downs, but 100% it's something I need to like definitely look into a little bit more. I think we're all kind of this everything kind of happens so quickly from no gigs to now touring constantly. that I think again like t- with the sprints pun like we're running to keep up with ourselves a little bit. Yeah. Um but yeah, no I've I've started lessons and trying to take care of the voice a little bit but uh you can hear the horses but the horses i think actually comes out kind of naturally as well and at like, the grit
1: yeah yeah there's nothing wrong with that as long as it's you good. know not right, good shedding it, not bad as long shedding as it's, right as long as it's not like a pathology yeah that it's, i think it's when i choice. started <laughs> i was definitely
2: <laughs> when i started i was definitely singing like from the throat to the nose a little bit too much yeah. and definitely getting a little bit more like chesty and, and diaphragm and stuff
1: many um, many years ago on the show we had a a a Person in who actually taught actors and singers to scream safely. Nice. Yeah. So do you have the number still? <laughs> I, I do not. <laughs> it a long time ago. Um, when the album comes out on January fifth, it'll be called "Letter to Self," and the title track is the end of the album. And on it, Carla, you'll leave us after all the. Pain and the anxiety and the moments of uplift, like like that song there. Uh, you leave us with the line, um, "Any night can become day." Is that the takeaway that you want for listeners to this record?
2: Yeah, I think the record is about our experiences, and I think it, it deals a lot with like hereditary issues or like habitual issues or your environment and this idea that you ha- you become a product of your environment. I think. It's supposed to give some hope that no matter what you've seen or experienced or been around, there's a way to come out of it with, like, a family um, and friends and support, and that's what Sprints is, I guess.
1: (laughs) Well, Sprints will be making their way back here to the States in the spring. They'll be back here in New York playing in Brooklyn at Elsewhere on March 22nd. Uh, The record letter to self out on January 5th. Um, what what great fun having the four of you here in the studio. Thank you all for coming in and playing for us today. Thank you so much. Thanks, man.
2: thanks for having us.
1: And thanks to our crew. Our technical director is Irene Trudell. She had help today from Shana Sandstock. Our producer is Karen Havlick, and she had help today from Lauren Purcell-Joyner. Joe Enright shot our videos. Eric Weber is our video editor. I'm John Schaefer, and you can keep up with everything we're doing on New Sounds by subscribing to our free weekly newsletter. Just text New Sounds to 70101 what or sign say? up on the website at newsounds.org. I wouldn't have
0: to take the path that was carved in front of me. I
2: always had the willing. Now I'll find the way. Any habit can be broken. Any night can become
0: day.